Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 4. By faith, Abraham offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of all things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I'm sure it, it will be in the announcements. It will be it will be in the announcements. But most of you all know that that Brian uh, Blunt did pass away this afternoon, and um, and and that's one of the things that Larry was referring to in in his prayer. And I was just thinking about that earlier this this uh, afternoon, and um, thinking about what we would be doing once we came together. And I was thinking about Job. At losing his whole family, and he he fell down, and then he worshipped. He worshipped, and that's what we 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 have been doing this evening. We're worshiping a God that is mightier and better and and stronger and and more alive than than we can imagine. And so that's what we're doing. I uh, I don't think that I've I, I'm afraid of heights. I don't think I've always been afraid of heights. And I think I've pinpointed the, the day that I became afraid of heights. My grandfather had a trailer that he would haul things around in, and it had plywood sides, and they was kind of thick. They were thick. It was a heavy trailer that he had welded, and then he put the wood on himself. And and I was, I think, the year it was the summer between kindergarten and first grade, and and I was out on that trailer, and I was t- doing a tightrope thing on the edge of it. Just going around and around, and I was fine, wasn't scared at all. And then I started to lose my balance. And I looked down, and my little brother was on a tricycle right in front of me, and I'm losing my balance. And I start yelling at him, you got to move, I'm getting ready to fall, and I'm letting him know that he needs to get out of there. And he does. He listened to me. He got up. And he left the tricycle right where it was. And I landed on the tricycle. And I've been afraid of heights ever since. And so, I I mean, when I lost my balance, I'm really afraid of heights. I am vicariously afraid of heights. In other words, when I see see people rock climb, I I get a little, not nauseous, but my stomach kind of turns over. I see someone walking on a tightrope. That 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 kind of gets me a little agitated because I'm vicariously being afraid of heights for them. 
But there's a thing called slacklining. Y'all, our younger people might know uh, what those are, slack li- what it is, slacklining. It's, it's like, to me, it looks like uh, cargo straps that you, you spread across. Uh, uh, most of them are about that high. You get on it and it, and it, and it moves around so much. A tightrope just kind of stays there. It moves a little bit. But a slack line just goes back and forth, and you've got to work hard to not fall off. It takes a lot of continual erratic movements to balance on one of those things. I, 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 I know I could never do it, but then they do the slack line in high places across cliffs and mountains, and, and it's, it's insane to me, and it really makes me nervous. People have a lot of faith in their climbing equipment. They have all this. Sorry, but that, to me that looks like Stan. I don't know if anyone else notices that. But people, sorry, but people, climbers have a lot of faith in their climbing equipment. They should because that's what keeps them alive. I watched a man. I watched a man scale cliffs in Yosemite. That man, Anton, is his name, I believe. He. He doesn't use any equipment. And I've watched footage of him climbing and I'm holding on to things just pl- and he's got nothing, no ropes, no net, no 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 cables attached to him, just a, a pouch full of uh, powder and rubber shoes and he climbs up he he set the world record uh, for climbing the fastest climber on some of those faces. I used to think that Christianity I used to think that Christianity was like walking a tightrope. But, but I'm wondering, I'm rethinking it. Now that I know about slacklining, I'm wondering if it isn't more like that. Because as we're going through life and we're on this tightrope and we're trying to stay on the straight and narrow, things are happening all the time. And we're erratically having to change, to change our balance and, and constantly, seemingly erratically making adjustments in our lives just to remain faithful but we don't rely on our own strength like that man with no, with no uh, equipment. We don't rely on our equipment to get us through. But we do rely on, not on ourselves. We, we rely on God and our faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. You might have in, in the NIV, we live by faith. Our lives are lived by faith. And that's the way it's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be walking by faith. So let's talk about faithful walking for, for, for some time this evening. Jesus is approached in Luke 17, 5 through 7. And, and uh, he, there's a question, not a question, but they want him to do something. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. And, and that picture of a tree that is planted in water but growing is an interesting picture. But he says, he lets them know, first of all, y'all don't have a lot of faith. And second of all, you don't need a lot of faith. You just need a little bit of faith and, and you're good. And because when you have that little bit of faith, you move trees. And we might not need to move to a landscaper's dream would be, I have faith. I'm going to move that tree over there and that tree over there. We don't have we, it's not necessary for us. All we need to, to know is that with faith, with faith, we can get far in life, get across the slack line of life. 
And so for a few moments, I want to talk about what faith is. What, what, what do we mean when we say we're walking this walk of faith? We're walking by faith. What does faith mean? What is it? What does it entail? What, what are some of the things that we, uh, we need to know about faith? The next thing, what does faith do? How does faith manifest itself in our lives? And the third, what does faith demand of us? What do we need to do with this faith that we have? What will be the evidence that we have faith? What, what does it demand of us? And so we start with the question, what is faith? Definition from Hebrews 11. And we're going to go back and forth looking at different little sections of Hebrews 11 uh, period, periodically throughout the lesson. But Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. That's ESV. You might have a New King James uh, version. And it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence. It, it's the conviction of things not That's faith. The invisible. But you believe in it. It's a great, great picture. We just heard Hebrews 11.6. Without faith it's impossible to please Him. Who? God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently, frantically, with purpose, uh, determined. Someone who diligently seeks God is going to be rewarded greatly. How will they be rewarded? Well, their faith will grow. But they do that by faith. You're going to please God with your faith. But you will be rewarded when you do that. With what? With, With the knowledge of salvation. With what? With with the blessing of fellowship. With what? With the with with the hope of eternal salvation. Diligently rewarded for our faith. You know, in in life, the only thing that we need to believe in is God's word. Really think about that. You're going to be let down by people. You're going to let yourself down. You're going to you're going to be caught in lies. You're going to be the victim of lies. You're on and on and on. But trusting in anything, we just have to believe in God's word. Because when we hear God's word, faith comes from that. As we listen to God's word, our faith grows. As we listen to God's word and our faith grows, we become more, we become more uh, confident in life. But there are a few things that a Christian has to accept. Notice this, 1 John 5.11. And this is a testimony that... This is a testimony. We've got to accept this. That God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. We've got to accept that. We've got to believe it, accept it. It'll change our lives for eternity. We will live for eternity if we understand this and act on it. So faith involves believing in God and His Word. Faith also involves trusting in a person. Now, I just said, don't trust in people. They let you down. But trusting in a person, can we do that? Absolutely. Who would we trust in? Acts 4.12, there's n- now, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among which, by which we must be saved. Whose name? Jesus's. Can we trust in him? Yes. Can we believe in him? Yes, we have to. It involves believing, having faith in a, in, in a person. God doesn't ask us to put trust in a human, a human creed, not, a, not trust in an institution or a plan. We don't trust in those man-made things. God doesn't want us to. We trust Christ for our salvation. 
it's in His name and because of His name that we will be saved. We need to understand that. A lot of times we don't want to be associated with certain names. A lot, of, a lot of times we are around someone and we distance ourselves because we don't want to be associated with that person and identified with names because there are some people that you, you say one name and other people's names come to mind and usually that's not a positive situation. But when, when Jesus' name is mentioned, we want our names to be included in that. Jesus, Christ, Christian, Troy, Alan, Doug, Amy, Kenny, and on and on and on. We want to be associated with that name. We know that we can live for God in a sinful world because Jesus did so and we're connected to that name. Faith is having confidence in a promise. And and 1 John 2.25, this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Do we want that? You know, I wondered, uh, I've been wondering, the, the oldest man in, in the world died he he was an Israel. He died in Israel. He's he was a Jewish man, and he had suffered through the Holocaust. But he died, and and I was and I've seen interviews with other people who've lived over a hundred, and I and I I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what I'm going to be like. I'm already already being coming a cranky old man. I don't know what I'm going to be like when I get to that point. Um, but at John, we were talking about that last night, about what I will, I will be a cranky old man. John said, I'm going to be yelling at people to get off my yard. Uh, and I think I might be, but I don't want to live to 100 in this body. But I absolutely, I'm excited about living for eternity out of this body. That's an exciting thing to think about. That's an exciting thing to think about. Having confidence and a promise. And God promised us eternal life when? Notice this. Titus 1-2. In hope of eternal life, which God who never promised before the ages began. This is not just a promise that, has, that God made recently. It's a promise that started before, before life itself began. Two people get married and they promise. They promise to hold each other and to be with each other and to take care of each other. And they also promise each other when we have kids, we're going to be good parents. We're going to be great. We're going to love them like crazy. And we will work with each other and we'll be on the same page. Promises are made before life begins. What happens with parents and their children? We never stop loving them. But we, I, I've, I don't know how many promises I've broken with my kids. But God doesn't break promises. He's made promises. And this one about eternal life started a long time ago. And he has kept his promise by allowing his son to die for our sins. You know, and if God didn't even spare his son and he's done so much for so far, he's going to keep his promise surely by seeing by seeing us through to eternity. So that's what faith is. That's what faith is. It's trusting it's, it's trusting in promises and people and history and, and words from God. But what does faith do? And the thing about this, one of the and and Hebrews 11 lets us know faith is is believing in the invisible. Faith allows us to see the invisible, not the evidence. And yes, there's evidence to be. But, but we see. Think about this by faith. He, he left Egypt. Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, 
for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses knew something that they didn't know because he had encountered someone that they hadn't encountered before. And they're getting ready to encounter in a negative way. But Moses believes in the invisible. He's seen the invisible. And we can too. Faith sees the invisible. He was a prince in the world's most powerful empire, Moses was. And so he leaves the security, he leaves the luxury of, of that place. Because he had a vision of God. And the vision of the invisible God enables him. How long does he endure hardship for 40 years with these stubborn people that just keep messing up and making him angry and making God angry? By faith, we recognize the existence of a power that is greater than we have seen. You know, there's a saying, there's more, more than meets the eye to things. There's more than meets the eye. Notice that little iceberg, but underneath it is something more than meets the eye. And with God, that is absolutely true. More than meets the eye. You see a little bit of him as you study God's word. You just see glimpses of him as you begin and as you take more time, you start seeing a picture, a picture filling in. But you're starting to see the invisible as you're, as you're learning God's word and you're seeing his attributes, his power and his knowledge and his love that, that just never ends. There's more to life than meets the eye. There's more to God than meets the eye. You know, faith accepts the incredible. It's incredible. You think about how incredible this relationship that we have with God is. The fact that we sinners, filthy people, can have a relationship with God, that's incredible. It's incredible that God should choose a nation. You think about this with Israel. A nation of slaves, and he takes care of them for thousands of years. It's incredible that he would do that, and he does that. And then he takes on flesh to be around those people. It's incredible you think about the creator of the universe, this all-powerful being. He just speaks things into, into existence. It's incredible that he wants to have a relationship with us. The, we are so weak. But he loves us. It's incredible that God would say to us, here's my word, here's my plan, Here's the way that you will get you will help other people get to heaven and you follow that yourself. You will get, it's incredible that he has entrusted us with the responsibility of helping other people get to heaven. That's incredible. Me? You don't want to trust me with a lot of things, but this is a huge thing to be entrusted with. But by faith, we accept these ideas. We, we accept these ideas. We accept a lot more ideas by faith. Faith believes and accepts the incredible. Faith accomplishes impossible things. Impossible things. Go over to um, Hebrews 11. You, you're probably already there because we haven't gone much other, many other places. But Hebrews 11. And look at verses 32. And we're going to look at 32 through 34 examples of people and accomplishments that seemed impossible and he says what more shall I say and he's been saying a lot the Hebrew writer for time would fail me to tell of Gideon Barak Samson Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets listen who who through faith here's some here are some things that they did they conquered kingdoms because of their faith 
They enforced justice. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies, uh, put foreign armies to flight. Things that they shouldn't have been able to do, they did. Because they believed that their God was powerful enough to allow them to do it, to get them through it, to get them down that road, trying to balance on that slack line. So that's what faith does. Faith is the only power that is able to change nations and then individuals and allow us to conquer things like sin and death and our anger and our sadness and our guilt to conquer doubts and fears. Our faith, our God, is the only thing, being, that can allow us to do the impossible. That's what faith is. That's what faith does. And um, what does faith demand of us? What does faith demand of us? One of the things that faith demands is that we obey God. We obey God. Through Him we've received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. Obedience to the faith. Faith allows us to get things that we normally wouldn't get because we get them from God. We have faith that He will provide and He does provide in wonderful ways. In wonderful ways. Faith does amazing. Alan talked about a church this morning, a whole church, a whole congregation turning their ways to God's ways and their will to God's will and, and turning away from their ways, becoming Christians as a group, as a group. Acts 6, 7, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith, to the faith. You have faith, incredible things happen. By faith, amazing things happen. By faith, large groups like, like Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, uh, large groups, thousands of people change their ways, change their minds, change their hearts because they have faith, because faith does incredible things, but faith also demands obedience. They became obedient to the faith. What does that mean? Well, you know what disobedience is. You have that. You've had that discussion with your children. You will if you don't have children yet. That discussion will be had. Do you understand what disobedience is? Do you don't? You will. You're getting ready to. What? Why? Why are you getting ready to be punished? Disobedience. We have to have that conversation. What we did with our children. Do you know why I'm going to punish you now? I was disobedient. We know what that is. Obedience. What is that? It's the opposite. It's not breaking the rules. It's following the rules. Not, not hurting. It's helping. And on and on. Doing God's will is obedient. Doing it is obedient. And it's doing things. James 2.26 For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. When, when we have faith, it demands that we do something. That we act on that faith. That we serve that we interact, that we worship together, that we come together on a regular basis, that we, that we work to expand, to grow the kingdom. We go, we go th you think about us going through life. We go through life acting 
on what we believe in. The beliefs that we have, we go through life acting on them, living those out. The ways that we have coincide with our beliefs. And that's true of, of everyone. Someone is an atheist. They will live in an ungodly life. Ungodly. And you might say, well, they're good people, but they're still ungodly because they don't have God. And, and they, they live their lifestyle. We live a lifestyle if we are obedient to God and, and we're faithful to God. and We walk by faith and we're navigating on this line. But we have faith. We're going to live like like we have faith. Someone can't claim to believe unless their belief changes their behavior. And that's true of everything in life. So faith demands that we obey God. Faith demands that love is expressed, that love is shown. Look at, look at Galatians 5, 6 up here. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. We can talk about that, but we're moving on to this idea. It counts for anything, but only what counts this doesn't count. That doesn't count. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. But what matters? Faith working through love matters. You believe, love each other. You believe, love those who, are un who seem unlovable. You believe, do that because that's what God has done to us. But we do that because we believe in God. Faith always Always demands that we do something. Faith will always express itself. If we care about friends, we care about relatives, and we do, and we love these people. We love those that we're ones that we're close to, and we may not be married, but we love someone, and and we want to spend the rest of our lives with them, and we care about them. How much do you care about them? How much do you love them? Do you love them enough to share the gospel with them? It's amazing to me. And, and I get frustrated about this. Uh, young people, I'm not pointing fingers, but they claim to be in love with other people and we, and, and, and we never see them here. And it's kind of a, it might be a pet peeve you can say of mine, but, it, but it's sad to me. Because if you ask them, do you love them? Oh, yes, I, I've given them my heart. I, they are in my life and they're here to stay Forever. Do you really love them? Oh, yes. I have, I, I've, I've got a necklace and it's broken heart and I gave them one. Anyway, just something silly like that. But do you really love? Yes, I Well, then have you shown them how to get to heaven? No, they don't. I mean, that's, you know, that's my thing. That's my thing. When will we see them at church? I don't know. They, they, they won't go with me. We care about people. We're going we're gonna to act on that faith and we're going to lead them because of our faith. Think about men and women. We're made in God's image. We serve God when we serve other people. We serve God. Faith demands that, that love is expressed. Faith demands growth. This is a neat little scripture. Uh, Paul, bragging on people. We, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. Not just a little bit, but it's overflowing. It's growing like crazy. And he says, and the love of every one of you for one another is, is increasing. I would love for someone to say that about me. I can see that your faith is growing. And it's encouraging when, when you hear things uh, that we heard in the prayer. It's encouraging. And, and I appreciate that. And, and you don't grow unless someone's around to, to nurture you. 
and so you you know and God put people together in our lives but but to be told I can tell that your faith is growing what a wonderful compliment I can tell because of the way that you're treating each other and the love of everyone I can tell that's increasing why because your faith is growing your faith is growing. You have people around to love. They're going to help you. People make us better or people make us worse. And hopefully we're people who can make people better. I don't think I'm like that all the time, but there are people in my life who absolutely make me better. But if our faith is alive, it will always be growing, always be incre increasing. You know, an ex a body that is exercised will grow as it's going through these processes of tearing, being torn, they will grow, they will heal, and they'll be stronger. But that's the body, and that's the way it works, and it only works like that for a little while, because then we give out. But our faith, faith shouldn't wane. And, and, and as long as we're growing, and it, we, there's, no, there's no limit to how big our faith can. We should get stronger. We should get more useful to God. And we should be more useful today than when we became Christians. It comes through prayer. It comes through Bible study. It comes through service from, to God. It's it, faith in action. It does. Our love does because we have faith. And that's how it works. So what is faith? What does faith do? What does faith demand of us? You know, I have faith in this little clicker. This is what I advance the slides with. I have faith, not, not complete faith. And I have faith that it will click to the next slide. I have faith. And so we're going to watch that and see if it does click. I have faith that it will. But if I'm over here and that's over there, it's not going to happen. But if I go over here and I act on my faith, I act on my faith. When I hit this button, that's, that, that slide is going, the next slide is going to show up. But I have faith that God can and will save me for eternity. I, I act on that. I have faith that God can use me in a service and draw me closer to him. I act on that and I'm going to do things. Until I act on my faith, nothing will happen. I need to surrender my will. The will of God is my will. But that's what happens when we have faith. And until I do that, nothing's going to happen. I need to be going to Him in prayer constantly, continually, more so than I've ever done. And until that happens, nothing's going to happen. I need to study His Word and offer my mind in service and myself in service and my body in service and until I do that, nothing's going to happen. I don't need a lot of faith. I don't need a lot of faith to get started as a Christian. We just need a little bit. We, we don't need a lot. We just need enough to, to put our trust in God. I, I have to have that faith. I have to work for God or it amounts to nothing. It doesn't take much, but it certainly doesn't get done with nothing. So when I'm able to do those things... I will be able to navigate with prowess, with high ability, with, with amazing agility. When I have faith, I'm not worried about the, how, how loose the, the line, I'm just going. Because faith gets me to the end. Faith gets me to eternity.
Appreciate your attention. Appreciate your love. Not just for me, but for each other. And I mostly appreciate your love for God. And your faith that you show. And the way that we can grow when we're all together as Christians in love. And Christians together in faith. I I know there are times when we aren't walking as people who have faith. As Christians. And, And that's wrong. That's wrong. Because when we don't have faith like we should we fall. We fall off the line. And if, and if someone falls and they're not tethered, it, it's not going to end well. But if we're still connected somehow and we fall and we're still connected, we're, we're Christians. We need to understand that, that God doesn't give up on us. We need to understand that, that it's not over because we've fallen. But we also need to understand that we need to evaluate ourselves. And if we're just worried about our balance and worried about what's going on around us and worried about the outside, the outside forces around us, we got to stop that. We just have to stop. And so we need to repent of those times when we haven't been walking by faith. You know, there are people who believe in God, but they're not children of God. There are people who believe in Jesus, but they're not they're not children of Jesus. There are people who believe in God and Christ and the and the and the uh, sacrifice that Jesus made for us. But they, they haven't obeyed God's will and acted on that faith. And there are people who might be here who, who are in that situation. They believe. But they haven't acted on that belief. And they believe that Jesus is God's son, but they haven't acted on that belief, on that faith. And so if you're here tonight and you do believe you have faith, but you haven't acted on it by repenting of your sins. Once you believe that if you believe that Jesus is God's son, by confessing him as as Christ, by turning away and then being baptized and being baptized into Christ. You start walking by faith. But if you don't do anything, nothing will happen. If You don't push the button. Nothing's going to happen. So if you need to respond for anything tonight, let us know now as we stand and as we sing.